that's awesome about what you said. And it just made me think about a preacher I was listening to early in the week. And he said that the ravens didn't go to church, but they still fed Elijah. I really, really love the power of relationship. And that's a bit about what we're going to talk about today. So if you like a title, my title today is There Is No Formula. There Is No Formula. Awesome. Which is a bit of a struggle for me because I am a science teacher, but we'll get there. All right. So... <laughs> First of all, just since it's Mother's Day, I just want, I know my mom's going to listen to this because she listens faithfully. So I just say, happy Mother's Day, mom. Love you. I love my mom. She's a really, really awesome woman. And she's a very, very patient woman and a blessed woman because, you know, she had me as a son. Okay? She was awesome when I was growing up. She laughed at every joke I had, which I, which I thought was brilliant because, you know, I've, I'm a practice stand-up comedian. So, you know, I've been trying my stuff out. And I love, I love telling a joke, and I love getting a free laugh. That's why I love having Barry in the front row as well. He's always a good for a free laugh. Also, she put up with me quite a lot as a child because I was a very annoying child. I know it's very difficult for you to believe. But I was, a very, I was one of those annoying children who through absolutely everything, I'd go, why? <laughs> All of you groaning, parents in the room, Ugh. don't go there, why? Don't eat that, why? Don't, don't do that, why? Eventually my mom just got tired of, tired of me and ended up to, if I went why, she got Zed, fine, sorry mom. <laughs> it's not very good, <laughs> it's very annoying. <laughs> I used to get really, really frustrated. I was always the kid who just had to ask why. I annoyed my teachers, my teacher would say something, why? And it's probably why I ended up in science because I was constantly asking why and I needed to find out why everything was going on, hence I just kind of went into science. Even when I was applying to be a science teacher, I put the first line of my application was, I was always that annoying child who always asked, why? I love analysis, I love a good graph. Anyone love a graph? No, just me. Oh, okay, there's other people as well, thank you. I'm not the only nerd in the room, love it. <laughs> love that, love that. I love a good graph. I remember once I went to a, like a worship sem seminar and they were talking about the flow of worship and they used a graph, I was finished. I was like, yes, this is me, this is me right here. I just love, Analysis, I love breaking stuff down. I love being able to concentrate on specific situations. Even if I'm having a casual chat with you, I sometimes seem a bit intense. Like I was having a chat with Sarah a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and she was talking, and because I was really concentrating the whole time, I was looking at her like this. <laughs> I didn't mean to, it's just that's my natural, con if I'm looking at you like this, I I'm not angry at you. I'm just really interested in what you're saying. And it, it gets, Really, really intense for me. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. I, 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 like being to, I like being able to analyze stuff, but I think you can tell the type of journey that God was going to take me on if I was going to constantly want to over and not necessarily overanalyze something, but break things down. I was always searching for a reason. And um, this preach kind of came to me around about August last year. And uh, at the Acts Conference, I really recommend the Acts Conference. It happens last weekend of every August. And um, they had a doctor preaching there. I was all over it. I was there. He started talking about left brain and right brain people. And I was like, oh, some people are really illogical. I was like, that's me. That's me. Some people are really creative. And he, I was there watching him like this. I know Barry was next to me. He was looking, what are you doing? I was there. I was there. I was so locked in. My eyebrows were hurting because they were furrowed so much. Oh, I loved it. I was like, yes, this is it. This is it. And then whilst I was concentrating, I felt this really still voice come to me. I go, Ayo, relax. Relax. 
there's, there's no formula to this. I said, like, this is a lie. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. There's a formula to everything. Please. No, he's, he's literally a doctor talking to me. I, I, I know, but there's no formula. And I didn't quite get what God meant at that moment in time. I just knew that I had to write down the words, there is no formula. And I wrote it down and I really, really wrestled with it because I was thinking, well, how does this apply to me? I'm literally a science teacher. My life revolves around equations, atoms, and formulas. Like, I, I need to work with formulas. And just my whole entire life, I've just worked on the basis of methodology and formulas. There's a spe if I do X, Y will happen. And so it got to about a couple months later, and someone asked me, I was talking, to, having a conversation with someone, and they said, well, I, how, how do you hear the voice of God? Oh. <laughs> how do you specific, what are the specific things that you need to do to make a miracle happen? How, how do you, what are the specific things that you need to do to prophesy? And then it was then that it came back to, it, it came back to my memory. There is no formula. And it's really, really difficult, especially for someone like me early in my faith, because I was so into my science. I really struggled with the fact that there was no specific formula to do this, to do Christianity. It would be really, really useful if there was just specific instructions. If you would like to prophesy, please do X, Y, and Z. To see someone healed, please do X, Y, and Z. Rub your hands together, make sure they're warm, lay hands, done. Wouldn't that be amazing? I just loved, the, I, it just be really, would have been really, really useful. The problem is that life doesn't really work like that. And, there's, and yet we, we as a society constantly are searching for more instructions. How to, look, how to cook, how to lose weight, how to make money. How to get girls. Yeah? <laughs> and I was, I'm not going to lie, even when I was at uni, I was that guy. Reading every relationship bit going. I was like, I'm going to understand women today. I'm going I'm to read. Oh, <laughs> Ingrid knows. <laughs> also, Ingrid, do you have another book for me, please? <laughs> Honestly, that was me. I'm not, <laughs> hey, hey, you laugh. I've got a wife now, so yeah, don't laugh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. If only there was an instruction manual to tell me how to date Becca. Oh my gosh, I would have, I would have been all over that. I don't understand. I, like, I grew up in East London. Becca grew up in the middle of nowhere, this place called Stratford St. Mary. What? The only Stratford I knew was, in West, was where Westfield was. Stratford St. Mary. I was, telling my, <laughs> I was telling my friends, oh yeah, I met this girl from a place called Stratford. You went out with a Stratford girl? Really? Is that you? <laughs> no. Becca grew up in like the sticks, middle of nowhere. If there was an instruction manual there, I would have used it. But what would that, how would that even work? Am I going to get a book and go, okay. Hello, Re Rebecca. Hi, babe. You right? <laughs> how, how are you today? Pause for a response. <laughs> I, I heard you like thunderstorms. And insert film here. Oh, sorry, sorry. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Becca's looking at that. I know. Smooth Operator is my name. There was no instruction manual. And even if there was, even like with dating websites, there's a specific algorithm that they use to match people together. That is sick. However, 
even if they put you together, your personality still needs to bang. It still needs to work and mesh together. It doesn't all come down to a specific formula. It comes down to the nature of your relationship. Okay, it comes down to the, the nature of how you connect with that person. Even with things like Slimming World or Weight Watchers, their success is predicated on relationship. They realize that it's, one, it's harder for one person to sit by themselves and try and lose weight so they get everyone together and pay their money, pay money to sit together and to weigh each other. Who's paying money? What? But people love it because of relationship. Barry was already talking about the power of relationship and the impact we have when we're together. Even for me as a teacher, I feel like most of my success as a teacher is because I have this innate God-given ability to be able to form relationships, positive relationships with children. It's not on the basis of just my knowledge, even though I'm very clever. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with my knowledge. It's on the basis... Becca's shaking her head like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's not on the basis of what I know. It's on my basis of how I can form relationships with these children. And one thing I keep running through my mind is that children don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I keep that running inside my mind. I could know everything about science. I can guarantee that they're going to get an A star. If they don't think that I genuinely care about them, they're not going to care what I say. It's all about the nature of my relationship with them. And the, the problem is that even though we know that relationship is key, sometimes we're prone to using the Bible as an instruction manual or as a textbook rather than a book about our relationship with God. We end up going, well, when X, Y, Z um, doesn't happen is because you didn't do X, Y, Z. That's not how it works. Or if you want X, Y, Z to happen, do X, Y, Z. But the Bible was never intended to be used like that. But because the nature of our society, when we read a book and therefore have an expected result, we tend to apply that kind of frame of mind to the Bible. But it was never, ever intended like that. In fact, the Bible was never intended to be something that is static. I, I remember Shane said, Shane Willard said this amazing, amazing thing that the Bible is the dynamic revelation of God to his people over time. And if you constantly look at the Bible, it's about how the nature of his relationship with us changes and our understanding of God changes over time to the point that where he's very close to us. You see, because relationship is what cultivates revelation. Turn to your neighbor and say, relationship brings revelation. It's awesome. And we see that constantly throughout the Bible. So I wanted to start with Noah. Um, if I could have Gen 6, 9 up. And um, basically, the world was doing a madness. And yet Noah here, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And if you skip forward to verse 13, it says, So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both of them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof and opening one cubit all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make the lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under heavens. 
every creature that has um, the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. Wouldn't it be really nice when the world is doing a madness and the world is being really, really crazy if God just spoke to you directly and just gave you instructions as specific as that? Wouldn't that be amazing? Sometimes I just feel like, oh, the world is a bit overwhelming. Work is, I'm being pulled this way at home, being pulled that way at work. I'm being pulled this way at church. And I just want, sometimes I just feel like, I just want specific instructions for God to say, go left, two. Go back, two. Go right, two. It's not going to do the cha-cha slide. <laughs> but wouldn't it be really, really useful if I just had specific instruction? And the reason why Noah was able to gain that from God was the nature of his relationship. Even when the world was doing the madness and doing nonsense, Noah's relationship with God meant that he was able to hear clearly specific instructions. Not wish-washy, very, very specific. And what I really love about this is that, you know what? If God wanted to, could he have made an ark? Yeah? Just pow! Ark. Oh, man, that would have been brilliant. However... It was, God didn't just make the ark. He gave the instructions to Noah to show us that it was through Noah's relationship that's what brought the revelation of what he needed to do. And sometimes we get caught up in praying, Lord, I want an ark. Lord, give me an ark. Lord, give me an ark. God doesn't make arcs. He makes trees. I wish that was mine. I stole it from T.T. Jakes. But <laughs> I wish it was mine. I wish it was mine. I just changed it slightly to apply to this. God doesn't make arcs. He makes trees. And yet we get so caught up in, Lord, give me an ark. Give me a specific answer. Please, please, please. No. Check your relationship with me first. Then you'll get your revelation. Isn't that good? Oh, I got a snap. I must be doing well. Nice. 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 <laughs> if we look at Exodus, when Moses gets the Ten Commandments. So the Israelites have now left Israel and now lost looking for direction. And then in Exodus 33, 12 to 17, it says, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Then the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the th very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Moses was seeking to lead the people. And in the verses following this, Moses was able to receive the Ten Commandments. But he was only able to do that on the basis of his relationship. Because God was pleased with him. I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. And then when the, the wonderful thing about the Ten Commandments is that when God presented the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, on the two stone, on the two stone tablets, he presented them in the form of a marriage contract to the Israelite people. Just to further drive home the point, hey, guys, 
pay attention. I want relationship with you. I want to be able to do life with you. I don't want you to just follow these instructions. This will be really nice for you to have these instructions. However, the, po the point is not the instructions. The point is the relationship. The point is the relationship. And yet, if we continue looking through the rest of the Old Testament, the Israelites still went back and forth, back and forth, trying to understand the dynamic of their relationship with God. God wanted to be closer to them, and they still weren't quite getting it. So what did God do? If we go to John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So even from the beginning, God, God was giving us his word. And what he had to do in verse 14 was, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and full of truth. God was, a, God was saying to them, you know what? <sighs> My word was there in the beginning, even when you didn't fully understand me. And then I gave you commandments in the form of a marriage contract, and you still didn't quite get it. I'm going to make my word become flesh. My word will be my son, and I want you to have relationship with him. I want you to have relationship with him so you can understand what it means to be with me. And then when, even when Jesus was here, people were still asking me, me, still asking Jesus, well, what are the greatest commandments then? If you're the Messiah, you are here. What are the greatest commandments? And in Matthew 22, 34 to 40, he that um, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, an expert in just knowing the black and white of what the law says. He tested him with this question. So silly. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Relationship is what brings revelation. You don't have to be an absolute expert in the law to get it all. You could know it all. But it's more important to love how Jesus loves than to know what he knows. It's more important to love how Jesus loves than to know what he knows. Love the Lord God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as, as yourself. You see, the Bible is often and sometimes unintentionally being used as an instruction manual as in a simple instruction manual for life. But the, the problem is the Bible is meant to teach us how to do life with Jesus, not how to deal with life using Jesus. How often have we thought, oh, this situation is gonna, is disturbing my life. I'm going to use Jesus in this situation. It was never meant to be like that. You're meant to walk through your situation, situation with Jesus at your side. And it's just that subtle shift which allows us to see our breakthrough. Barry was even saying it earlier about how when you look at all the kinds of 
situations and the rubbish that's going on in your life. It's so easy to focus on that and then look at the Bible and go, yeah, but I did X, Y, Z. I did that. Why is that happening? And when we say, and then we start saying things like, oh, I need to turn to God. And you start looking at the specifics of the word and not really understanding the heart behind it. There's loads of people in the Bible that went through issues. Issues far worse than, than mine. But what is consistent is that their relationship with God is what saw them through. Not necessarily just seeking his hand, but seeking his face, seeking his heart. So you have an understanding of what you need to do to get through the situation. Even when Jesus called his disciples, he was calling them to do life with him. You see, Jesus was a rabbi. And he was calling the disciples to join something called the Talmudim. And it wasn't just a simple, okay, you come to school once a week or every day, depending on how you feel. And just learn from me a little bit and then you go home. It wasn't as simple as that. It was to do life with Jesus. To learn everything about what it means to be someone who follows God through Jesus to what it means to be a man, what it means to pray, what it means to have relationship with God. And that was only possible through just living life with Jesus, through traveling with Jesus. Now, the Talmud is like this specific um, rabbi text that um, the rabbis use, obviously. And, um, they have a, and they have actually have a joke about how this dynamic, and it goes like this. So there was a very, very faithful servant to his rabbi. And he was following him everywhere, and he, w- and he was learning so much. And one day, he decided to go to his rabbi's house and hide underneath his bed. Fine. Eventually, his rabbi came home with his spouse. And just before they were about to get into bed, the rabbi discovered him underneath the bed. The rabbi pulls him out. What are you doing here? The student says, well, you're here with your spouse, and I'm meant to learn everything. What? What? Imagine if I did that to Barry. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm, like, we were one of the first people to go through marriage prep with you five years ago. I, I, I would like to assure you the dynamics have not progressed that far. It's not that interactive. Let me just tell you now, if you're worried, that's not how we do it, like I said. Okay. <laughs> but the point is... How horrible. <laughs> the point is that the, the disciples sought to learn everything from their rabbis. They sought to learn everything through their discipleship. Everything through relationship. If you're wondering, you're not sure where to go, be a disciple. Just be a disciple. It's through relationship that we're able to have our breakthrough, through understanding, through having a relationship with someone spiritually above us that can help guide us on the way. You see, everything that we do in terms of us being saved has to come with a mindset of that we are saved for the world, not just from the world. We are saved for the world, not just from the world. We are saved to be able to learn about our relationship with Jesus and pass that on to others. 
it's not just about us. It's not just about trying to find a specific formula on how to make my life work because my life is important. I have this specific issue, God, and you're going to help me through it, and then that's the way I'm going to live my life. There is no formula to this. You just need to be able to do life with each other because my life is different to your life, who's different to your life, who's different to your life. But through doing life together, we're able to save the world. You have the ability to save the world. You have the ability to change the world. I tell this to my students all the time. All of you will go on to change the world in some way. All of you. Now, some of you will change the world this much. Even if you just live, just by the very nature of you living your life, you're going to change the world this much. But some of you will go on to change the world even farther than I can reach. Just because of the nature of your relationships with all the people around you. And we have something so special that the rest of the world needs to know about. And while the rest of the world is trying to find a specific formula on how to do this thing called life, we have the answer. We have the God-given answer. We just need to tell the rest of the world about it. People are trying to find it in so many different things. Sex, drugs, music, all different kinds of things. And yet we have the answer. And we don't have to do anything spectacular. You don't have to be outside of yourself. You just need to have the ability to do relationship with them. Because it's through the relationship that brings the revelation. Amen? You see, sometimes it, I kept, whilst writing this piece, I kept coming back to this one person who kept asking me, well, this is all well and good, but how am I, I still want to know how to prophesy. What do you do to prophesy? What do you do to see a miracle? And I had to just keep coming back and letting them know, you know what? I actually don't have the answer. For once in my life, Becca's rolling her eyes, for once in my life, I don't have the answer. There's no specific way to do this, but it's through being a disciple. And if you actually, it wouldn't be an Io preach if there was no Greek or Hebrew in it. So if you look at the Greek word for disciple, it's actually the word methetes, which means student or pupil. Now, methetes is actually the root word for mathematics. I know, I know. <laughs> it's actually the root word for mathematics. The father subject of all formulas. All formulas, especially in science, will always have its root in mathematics. Okay, so my answer, you want to know the formula? Be a disciple. You want to prophesy over someone? Be a disciple. Do you want to see miracles happen? You know what? Be a disciple. Do you want to see signs and wonders in our church? Disciple. Do you want to see healing in our church every single Sunday? Be a disciple. Do you want to see people get encapsulated by Jesus every Sunday? Guess what? Be a disciple. If we're going to change the world, if we're going to have impact on our town, we need to be a disciple. We need to be a disciple and teach others how to be disciples of Jesus. And there'll be people lost along the way, sometimes just about hearing the call of God, but not knowing what to do. Even if you look at one of the greatest prophets in the Bible, Samuel, 
when he was a, when he was a young boy, and he was staying with a priest called Eli. He was hearing his name being called. His heart strings were being pulled at Samuel, and would run to Eli. Master, you've called me. I'm here. I don't call you. Samuel goes back. Samuel, Samuel. I don't know how Samuel ran. <laughs> I'm here. I didn't call you. At this point, my mom will start praying for me. Let me not lie. Cast out any demons that are calling you by name. <laughs> That's my mom. Mom is hardcore. I can see her rolling her eyes right now. Samuel. <laughs> Samuel. Goes back to Eli. Then Eli realizes what's going on. Tell me, you know what? The next time. Say to the voice calling you, here, Father, here I am. Now, maybe in that situation, you might be a Samuel who feels like you're being called in towards Jesus, but you're not quite hearing the call clearly. And you need to establish a relationship further with Jesus. And sometimes it feels like you felt a calling to somewhere and you ended up in front of someone that wasn't really meant to align you with your destiny. You kind of feel frustrated. But I'm sure I was meant to go there. I'm sure I was meant to find what I was looking for there. But the problem was, Samuel didn't have a relationship with God yet. So even though the call was on his heart, and he was going to where he thought he needed to be, because he didn't have a relationship with God yet, he ended up somewhere in front of someone who wasn't, gonna, wasn't able to help him. Or maybe in that situation, you're the Eli. Maybe you, you have a person or people in your life that you could be guiding and pointing them towards Jesus to help them get to where they need to go. Rather than looking at them crazy thinking, well, what are they doing? Why are they running around here to and fro? You need to be the one that guides them back to the Father, helps them with their relationship with the Father so that they can fulfill their potential. Because always, 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 the, re the relationship will bring the revelation. Amen? Can I have the keyboard, please? I don't want to get caught up in the specifics of what to do or what not to do in certain situations. Well, how do I make sure that this happens? Or I, I want my family to be saved. Or I, I want this type of healing. Because at the end of the day, even though I went to uni 20 years ago, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know everything. I don't know the specifics of it. But I know what's important is never to grow deaf to the call of God. In every situation, to see signs of wonders, it's important that you hear the call of God. Now, I'm not going to call out specific sins or specific things that you might be doing wrong. But if something is taking you away from the call of God, Maybe you should move away. Analyze where your relationship is at with Jesus. Because all I want for everyone in Kesed is to be able to hear the call of God clearly and specifically. That's how we're going to make the most impact. Can I pray with you?
sabe? Lord, thank you so much that it's through your relationship that we're able to have revelation. Lord, thank you so much that you said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, that we are able to encounter the Father through you. Lord, and I pray that even now you begin to just strengthen our relationship with you. Lord, that we may be able to get you, get to know you on a deeper level, to experience you on a deeper level, to see signs, to see wonders, to be able to prophesy, to be able to speak goodness into the lives of everyone around us, Father. Lord, that's our greatest desire. Lord, not for us, but Lord, for your kingdom. We want to be able to experience you on a level far beyond we could even conceive. Lord, and we can only do that through relationship with you. Lord, your word says that I will draw near to those who draw near to me. Lord, we use this opportunity right now to draw near to you. Lord, we draw near to you in every fiber of our being. And I pray, Lord, that you meet us there in Jesus' name. With eyes closed, I just also wanted to pray for people who maybe have once heard the call of God, but it's not as clear. It's not as specific as it once was. And you're searching for that clarity again. You're searching to, for that, re, that deep relationship with Jesus so that you may hear his voice clearly again. And if that's you, you can just signify by just raising your hand. Just give me a small wave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you at the back. Lord, I just want to say thank you for these people. Thank you for these people. Thank you, Lord, that they're responding to your call. Lord, they desire a relationship with you, Lord. And I want to speak against everything in their lives, Lord, which are drawing them away from you, Lord, which are preventing them from hearing you, Lord, which are, which are deafening them from hearing your call, Father. Lord. Lord, David prayed, Lord, creating me a new heart and renew a right spirit within me, Lord. And I want to pray that same prayer over these people, Lord. Lord, that they may be able to encounter you again. Lord, even greater than they were before. Father, Lord, that they may be surprised by what you are going to do using them on the very nature of their relationship with you. Lord, thank you so much for them. And I pray, Lord, that you continue to walk with them as a result. In Jesus' name. And lastly, we always want to have this opportunity at Kesed that, hey, maybe you're here and you've kind of vaguely heard the call of God before. Or maybe you've never experienced Jesus before. And you want to establish that relationship here today. And if that's you, again, you can just signify by raising your hand. Let me know and I can pray with you now. We're all good? Cool. And let's just pray together and then we'll finish up. So I'm just going to pray a line and then you can repeat after me. Father, Lord, thank you for desiring relationship with us. I pray that throughout this week, you continue, Lord, to just call on our hearts and that we respond faithfully, dutifully. Lord, I pray that we're able to see signs and wonders 
as a direct result of our relationship with you. In Jesus' name.